So um, when I first got my envelope, I was a bit hesitant. I was really unsure. I was rather nervous as well. But um, as I opened it, I got the results that I expected to get, and I was quite happy with that. I was impressing myself because coming out of the exams, I wasn't 100% confident with what I was expected to get. But I did get what I was expected to get, and I was really happy about that. This is the TES podcast with me, Richard Vaughan, and that was Anthony Day, a student at the Woolwich Polytechnic School in South East London, who was among thousands of teenagers getting their GCSE results today. And as those young people celebrate, possibly lament, their achievements, we take a look at what has happened at this year's GCSE results. We look ahead at what is around the corner for the qualification and ask the big question of, do we really need GCSEs now anyway? Well, results day is, is the most important day of the year because... This is Tim Plum, head teacher of Woolwich Polytechnic School. It uh, pulls together uh, all the emotions from the hard work of the year just gone by. Um, it really makes it all worthwhile. It's a big build-up to it. You naturally get very nervous and so on and so forth. But it's great seeing the students as well. I think being there personally and seeing the students get the results is a really big thing. And also it then marks the beginning of the next year as well because you start thinking about the A-levels that the students are moving on to and you can see them enrolling and you can see the start of that. But also you're thinking about the new year 11s coming through and thinking, well, if there were disappointments that have just happened, how do we then address that and make sure that the coming year is even better? GCSE results are, of course, a huge deal for the young people who take their exams in the summer. But they are, arguably, an even bigger deal for schools, as they can easily be make or break for a head teacher in terms of their career. This year gave heads more reason to be fearful after a huge and unexpected drop in top maths grades, with the union ASCOL saying their members were mystified by the results. I spoke to TS's resident exam experts, Kay Wiggins and William Stewart, as to why this might have happened and to get a better idea of the wider picture from this year's GCSE so results. So today's big headlines, there's been a slight rise in the overall pass rate for GCSEs, um, which, is, which is up by uh, 0.2 percentage points to 69%, so that is people who are getting A-stars to Cs. Um, however, there's been a bit of a drop in students getting A-stars and A-grades, so that's only it's dropped by 0.1 percentage points. So the important thing to stress with all of these results now is that there's never a huge fluctuation of course of make sure has a process of making sure that the results remain relatively stable from year to year so um so yeah so, so the changes are fairly small uh, statistically but a bit of a bit of a drop in top grades but an increase in overall passes kind of similar story to last week then with a levels with the a levels yeah the um the one of our big stories that we've had out today and other people have done obviously is maths what's going on there uh, well, we've heard from a few head teachers who are very concerned about their maths GCSE results this year. It's important to say we don't know how widespread this is um, at the moment, but the, the heads that are concerned about it are very concerned, um, and they've seen really significant drops in um, the number of um, students who are getting A stars to Cs in maths this year. I mean, in, in some ways, it, it does remind you of the kind of uh, 2012 crisis when you had a lot of schools um, who suddenly found they had drops in their in their English GCSEs. This is sorry this is the English uh, crisis in 2012. Exactly yeah. yes yeah um, and and obviously that that proved that ran for many weeks and ended up in high court action and I think for the individual schools for maths it's probably a very similar thing 
happening here. You know, they're, they're used to doing these exams. They know what they think a certain grade looks like. And all of a sudden, they haven't got what they were expected. And because of the accountability system, it can have big consequences. You know, you can lose your job. You can you can fail Ofsted. You can have your school taken over, all those kind of things. So in many ways, it looks similar. I think the important thing to know is that although the school's concern will be very worried, initially at this stage, it doesn't look like it's as widespread as English. Um, heads organisations that we've spoken to have said they're talking about kind of tens of schools rather than oh, the okay. hundreds of schools we, you know, they were talking to with the English affair. So definitely something that's concerning a lot of schools, but perhaps to put it in context, at this stage, it, it, you know, hopefully we're not speaking too soon, at this stage it doesn't seem to be as widespread as it, as it was in 2012. Is it because we think, that, is this a tougher maths exam? I mean, there was that big Twitter thing, wasn't there? Was it Haley's Sweets? Hannah's Sweets. Hannah's Sweets. How could you forget? Sorry, Infamous Hannah's Sweets. Infamous Hannah's Sweets, which obviously flummoxed a lot of people. Is it down to that kind of thing? Well, there's a suggestion that um, that that is the exam paper that was taken by uh, the schools that have seen these problems. Ah, okay. Uh, It's important to say there's there's no uh, you know there's no sort of firm evidence that this is there's been an obvious change with that paper, but the heads. Uh, unions are saying that you know the students taking the Edexcel paper, uh, the Edexcel higher paper, which did include one of which those papers did include the Hannah Sweets question. Those seem to be the ones affected. Mm. So, but we don't know whether that's the reason re- really. But I mean, in truth, just because you have, I mean, this this question, the, the famous Hannah Sweets question, lots of students were tweeting about it and saying it came out with some quite funny tweets at the time, yeah. saying how ridiculous, ridiculously hard it is. But if you have a question like that and a paper is particularly difficult, the system is, that shouldn't really cause a problem because the system is built to take account of it. So if a paper is harder than it has been in previous years, then the grade boundaries can be shifted accordingly. Sure. So it does look like it's coinciding, but the fact it's a hard question shouldn't necessarily mean there's been a problem. Mm -hmm. So if we are seeing problems with this paper, then it could be be beyond that. I mean, again... it is early stages. I don't think people have quite got to the bottom of, of what's going on, but it's certainly interesting. Yeah. It does seem to be that paper that's involved. Okay, and then there's more. Obviously, this is, the, as the same with, with A-levels, this is a kind of, whatever we call it, the eye of the storm or the calm before the storm. There's more changes to, to, to come. But one of the things that this podcast is going to be looking at is um, what is the point in GCSEs at all? Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on that if possible well obviously we did we did our our, our poll on it this week mm-hmm. um and i think we, we we put a story up online it was it was written by tim oates um who heads research for cambridge assessment and i think he makes the best argument i've heard for keeping them which is his argument is that by having having this exam at 16 you allow students to see where their areas of, of, of stru- oh, let me get this right students can see where their areas of strength are and it allows them to specialise more in A-levels and because of that they can then go on and take a three-year degree course and if you if you actually his argument is if you stopped exams at 16 then you would you would have you'd have to have more breadth 
and then that would mean that you wouldn't acquire the specialist knowledge you need to have three-year degree courses. So the end result would be four-year degree courses. I think he thinks that would be a bad thing. I guess that's a, that's a, it would obviously cost more money. That's a kind of debatable point. But I think it's interesting to think that everybody goes, oh, you know, they serve no purpose. Well, if you did take them away, they it would radically alter lots of other things and have a big knock-on effect. So if you were going to do it, I don't think it would be an easy thing to do. And, you know, that's without getting into all the questions of how do you keep, how do you hold schools accountable. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a, a very logical, easy thing to do for some people. But it's it would have big consequences. That's my take on it. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's a lot of people who would agree with you as well. Um, uh, it, it all they all feed off one another, don't they? Yeah, every section of sector of education. Um, but perhaps you could just have a slimmed down version rather than uh, multiple papers for each qualification. But anyway, um, Kay, you've got a story this week on similar subjects and looking to the future of the GCSE. Do you? Yeah, that's right. So. Um, We've got a, uh, a big feature that's going to be in tomorrow, which is um, looking quite in depth at uh, GC- the future GCSEs and the, the changes. Um, the sort of premise being how, how much harder can they get and what's going to happen and what might they look like in the future. So um, I won't give away too many details. Mm. You'll have to read all two thousand words of it for yourself. But, no. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that's the detail. But in, in the news uh, section, we've also got a big piece on. Um, the plans for the uh, the next round of brand new GCSEs. This is the ones that will be taught in schools from September 2016. So history, geography, some languages, um, and um, yeah, the, the, there are there are concerns afoot about the process of um, of getting those exams. But we won't together. go into. But we won't reveal it all. Keep you in suspense. Said too much already. Oh no! <laughs> uh, you'll just have to wait until tomorrow when that story comes out. Finally. I spoke to Kevin Stannard. Kevin is the Director of Innovation and Learning at the Girls' Day School Trust. He had similar thoughts to William. He said, We should get rid of GCSEs as they stand, but not of testing students when they reach 16 altogether. This, he said, was because students have to earn their right to specialise later on in their educational careers. Here is Kevin. I think... I I think... There are two questions. Do we need GCSEs and do we need qualifications at 16, which, as you say, is no longer the, the terminal point for um, sort of participation in education? I think the answer to do we need GCSEs is no, but the answer to do we need qualifications at 16 is yes, and that's because of the way that our education system is structured. And if you compare it with other uh, comparable nations, we're quite unusual because... We allow students at school in the last two years to specialise in a very small number of subjects. So that by the age of 18, before they go to university, they're doing maybe three, four academic subjects typically. And that's because our universities are based on three-year subject specialisms, three-year undergraduate courses compared with, say, the States where it's generally a four-year degree. You start off with a liberal arts degree where you've got a lot of options across a whole range of subjects. Our universities, the chemistry department at Imperial, will expect someone to turn up on day one being a pretty good chemist already. And so everything, you sort of reverse engineer that, you've got an A-level system which is based on preparing for precisely that eventuality. And if you're going to do that, I think it's, I mean, on balance, I think it's a great thing. Um, But it means that students have got to earn the right to specialise. And that means that at 16, they've got to get good 
upgrades in the whole uh, range of subjects in the whole portfolio. So they've got the breadth and balance to 16 is essential, and you do that by you anchor that by having a terminal exam, which essentially allows you to stop studying the subjects you don't want to come in with. And that is, you have got to have rigorous, robust testing at 16. But I don't think it needs to be as distracting um, and as distorting as the current GCSE is. You know, every uh, subject has several papers. It's across at least two years of taught syllabus. In many, many schools now begin GCSEs or IGCSEs um, three years beforehand, don't they? So it's increasing, and that's becoming the recommendation of people like Tim Oates, who was the, um, the chair of the National Curriculum um, a, a review. He you know, suggesting that essentially Key Stage 4 becomes three years rather than two. So GCSEs, if anything, are taking on more of a distorting uh, effect. I mean, you've got this huge battery of exams that takes up several terms of you know, preparation um, and, and focusing on the, on the mechanics of the exam rather than on teaching and learning. So it's, it's testing over teaching, and I'm sure there's a better way of doing it. And I think the, int the intriguing thing about this is that, I mean, as you know, more and more employers are saying that they're not using um, formal school qualifications in the same way. They're, they're, they're wanting to make their selections based on, te on, 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 on other criteria, on other things that they set. They're looking at you know, online applications, they're looking at interviews, they're looking at a broader range of soft skills. And they're saying that formal exams count less and less in recruitment. Now, if that's the case, that's an ideal opportunity to wind down some of the stress-creating test prep that takes place in schools. I think that's an opportunity we ought to grasp and to say, well, if GCSEs are being less, um, are, are, are used less by um, employers, then let's reflect that by reducing the way in the, 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 the kind of weight of them within the curriculum. So what would you rather see, a kind of slim down end of, end of year, but not end of year, end of two year um, set of tests, one paper for each subject, and then off you go. Yeah, I mean, I think slimmed down. I think more of a of a kind of qualification for progression test. So more, less about slicing and dicing, this sort of salami slicing, which the reform GCSE goes further in doing. Less concern about splitting people into an increasing number of of grades, and more about are you are you achieving minimum standards in the core subjects. And if you are, then that takes you on to the next level. You can then either specialise in academic subjects or you can go into the, uh, the, the further, uh, further training or apprenticeships. Or you, and then when you go for, for jobs, the selection is based on that plus a lot of other things. Um, so it, it, it could be slimmed down both in terms of the amount of assessment and arguably in terms of the number of subjects that are assessed. They're, they're, what we don't want is to lose the breadth and balance. So you know, if, if you assume that people will only teach to the tests that are, are there and used as league tables, then the worry would be it would become, you know, key stage four would be dominated by the, a few key subjects. Um, so we'd have to think of ways of making sure that schools were delivering on a broad and balanced curriculum, um, even without these high-stakes tests. But, I, you know, we... Given the size of the assessment in industry in this country um, and assessment expertise across the universities and in schools, 
we ought to be able to come up with a, a solution to that. I mean, it's, it, it, rather than having sort of piecemeal politicised reform, it would be nice to see a, um, you know, contributions from think tanks or a royal commission or something that would say, OK, let's start from scratch and see what we could build rather than incremental change with what we've got. So how much of a future do GCSEs have? Well, considering the amount of time, money and effort that has been put into the qualification by this and the last government, it's safe to say it'll be around for a while. And for however long it does continue, teachers should be applauded for their efforts in helping their students achieve the grades they do. And with that, it's all the time we have for this week's TES podcast. But remember to tune in to the usual issue review next week and remember to pick up the latest issue of the publication for more GCSEs news tomorrow. That just leaves me to say thanks for listening and goodbye.